Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Josh. And this week, we split another basketball series. I'm telling yeah. you, it's the only way the season will go. <laughs> nine and nine is still on, it, on the books. I, I, I am speaking it into existence. <laughs> Yeah, and the past has been nine and nine with home and away, but I guess it's just it doesn't matter if you're on the road or at home this year. It's just you think that co- you can't like win two in a row. Like a gentleman's agreement to like, hey, you throw this one, I'll throw the next one, and you know, the coin flip it or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, everyone's Maybe just so, so mad at the rule. But yeah, before we get to all that, let's talk about some dogs in the NFL because it's playoff time. So we have fewer players to talk about. Go really. Browns! Go Browns! We don't have any Browns as former Bulldogs though. No, we don't. What a shame. Even though they call themselves the Dog Pound. They're, yeah. Their fan base or whatever. That would be more convincing if they had some actual Bulldogs on their team. But uh yeah, we, we had we had three guys that didn't three guys that didn't record any stats. We got Sneed, who was of course on bye because Kansas City's the one seed in the AFC. And then Tremont Williams and Jay Ferg did not record any stats in Baltimore's win over the Tennessee Titans. Uh, yeah, rest in peace, Matt. Jellybean, however, had one tackle in that win. Um, and then there's one more player, right, Nathan? I saved one for you. Yes, thank you. I actually wasn't paying enough attention, but I think you left Vernon Butler, <laughs> who was the Bills player. He had one quarterback hit. That was the one stat he recorded this week. So, hooray. We have yeah. two players who recorded sacks, but again, there's only, what, eight teams that were playing? Yeah. No. Yeah, and most of these guys are defensive Wait, players, and you know how those 12, stats 12 go. teams? 12 games, yeah. Yeah, 12, 12 teams. teams. 12 teams, 6 games, 1 but confused Nathan. All of the Tech players that are in the playoffs are still in the playoffs going in next week, so we, we can continue this segment for a little bit longer. And we'll continue it through February. Wait, no? no? Maybe. I mean, I, I guess Sneed, but... Well, they're all AFC players, aren't they? Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Okay, cool. It's Never mind. February. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> there will probably be a tech player in the Super Bowl. Now, I've probably jinxed it by saying that, but, you know. Let's see. So there's four teams left. So the only AFC team without any tech players is, is the Browns, right? I'm at odds um, with myself. And when in this upcoming Super Bowl, Drew Brees drops back with one minute left and the Saints down, throws a pass down the field. It's intercepted by Sneed to win the game for the Chiefs. Uh, Nathan, are, you, are you channeling Matt right now? What is happening? I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt's not here. Got someone's got a channel on. <laughs> oh man, uh, I, I don't know how to transition off of that. Let's talk some basketball. <laughs> yeah, speaking of a red team, I guess okay. that's the best I got. Okay. Tech played another red team uh, this week when they played Western Kentucky in a two-game series on the road at the Diddle Arena, which is still just a weird name for a basketball <laughs> arena. I know it's some guy's name, but still, oh, that's bad. Uh, either. Either way, let's talk about the first game first, even though it was the worst game. So it's the worst game first. Tech played on Friday. It was a good, fun, close game throughout. But at the end, Tech falls to Western Kentucky on the road, 66 to 40. To six. Whoa. <laughs> they fell 66 to 64, okay. not to 46. Uh, that, that would be much bad. worse. Yeah, uh, let's kind of go through it a little bit. Tech struggled pretty early on. Andrew Gordon made a layup at 15-54 to make it 7-4 Tech. But then the Bulldogs wouldn't score their eighth point until five minutes later. At 10 minutes and 57 seconds. That's that's not good. Yeah. I, I mean, really this whole weekend, there were a bunch of scoring droughts for both teams. But, you know, you mentioned Andrew Gordon there. He he had a pretty good game. 
And he actually had a pretty good weekend too. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that later, but um, he ended up playing 20 minutes in this game and went six for six on his field goals and had uh, 10 rebounds. So put up a nice uh, double double in this game and I'm sure we'll talk about him, but Andrew Gordon didn't stop Charles Bassey from, from winning this game or, or he didn't stop Bassey in the game, but he helped to make sure that Bassey wasn't the reason that tech lost this game, which, which was good to see from Andrew Gordon, you know, some good tough play inside from him. Yeah. But outside of Gordon, really the Bulldogs struggled early on, but the Hilltoppers kind of had their own problems. They were only able to build a small lead. The largest lead of the game for Western Kentucky was 19 to 10 at seven minutes left in the first half. This was a close game throughout. But then again, the Bulldogs rallied and made it 19 to 17 pretty soon after. And at the half, the Bulldogs were only down three, 31 to 28. Yeah. I know I I put this in the notes for later, but what you're saying there just kind of makes me think about it. Did you guys watch this game at all? Uh, I think I yes. caught glimpses of it here and there, okay. but I was, you know, yeah. Okay. And and Nathan, you watched it, right? Yes. Did you listen with the sound on? That's the question. Yeah. Man. Good point. These. Okay. So, so you just said what made me talk about this now is you just said the largest lead was 19 to 10 and then the Bulldogs quickly rallied to make it 19 to 17. Those announcers did not say anything about that rally. They just kept talking as if tech was losing by nine or even by 20. And at one point they even said tech tech has no business hanging around with a team like Western Kentucky. And they just kept saying shit like that in both of these games. And both of these games were close. Both of these games were, were back and forth the whole way. And yet if you listen to these announcers, I mean, my gosh, like they kept, they kept heaping praise on Marshall too, because Western was playing Marshall next week on Facebook watch CBS sports or whatever. And, and like, they didn't mention that tech had just split with Marshall and probably should have beat Marshall twice. Like they, they just, they didn't do any research on tech's team. And it was very clear because they're just, they're reading for some like pre-produced sheet of, you know, stats and and the guy even said like, this was the third or fourth Western Kentucky game they'd called this year and blah, blah, blah. But like, it was just so jarring to like be watching the game and have tech go on a seven point run to totally close the lead and, and, and get rid of the scoring drought that they had. And the announcers don't even mention that they just kept on going as if tech was not doing anything at all, which to be fair for five minutes, they weren't doing anything at all. Um, there was really Western Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. yeah ha- having gone, this wasn't a conference USA game. This was against Delaware last year or the year before uh, I represented GTPD as a media person. So I got to see all the materials the broadcast people and the sports writers and attendants are given. And they're both given a huge packet by both the visiting and home team and even the conference of the home team. And I guess in this case, the conference is the same. But what I'm imagining is they got the Western Kentucky packet. It was like 60 pages long and they were only able to get through that one packet in time of in time of the game. So they only knew anything about the Hilltoppers because there was, it seemed like they didn't even have any knowledge about the Bulldogs. <laughs> when, when they go to half, they ask Conkle like, Oh, were you looking up at the scoreboard surprised that you were still in the game? And it's like, well, that's kind of rude. And Conkle <laughs> even like took a step back. At least yeah. he, he seemed to a little bit. He was like, uh, yeah. And <laughs> just kind of agreed with him. But yeah. And, th- and then it seemed like a slap like, in the face. He was like, yeah, I think both teams shot pretty bad in the half, which they yeah. did. So I, it was just so weird because it, like you said, 31 to 21 or 31 to 28 at half. And 
I mean, both teams shot the ball really badly and had scoring droughts, but they were just more interested in their, their pre-can narrative about Charles Bassey, which he did have a really, really good game. Don't get me wrong. But like, man, it was just bizarre to like, to like see that unfold in real time and like read the comments on, on the LaTeX sports uh, page. Cause it was a live video on Facebook and just every single comment mm-hmm. was like, man, you think these announcers would like, are they working for Western Kentucky? Like, is this the radio broadcast team for Western Kentucky? Because that's what they seemed like. So kind of weird, but anyway, let's, let's go through the, uh, the second half now having talked about that. Yeah, because the second half, the Hilltoppers started that second half off pretty hot, but Tech quickly responded. Uh, so it was kind of back and forth in that second half as well. Tech even takes the lead at 13 minutes left after two good free throws by Isaiah Crawford. Good free throws? What? Yeah. Is that allowed? I didn't know you could actually do that. All right, not really Crawford, but just yeah. as a team. But, I mean, Crawford had a pretty good night. Isn't that right, Evan? Yeah, he he came off the bench for this game, played 21 minutes, um, and he he shot four for nine from the field. So not quite six for six like our guy Gordon, but um, you know, most impressively, when when it comes to tech, he hit all six of the free throws that he attempted in this game. Which is uh, again, I don't know if that's allowed or not, but uh, apparently it can be done. Yeah, again, gotta give credit where credits due when you're talking about foul shooting with this team. But soon after that, Tech leads by six, even. 52-46 with nine minutes left. Much to the uh, chagrin of the announcers, or I don't even know if they noticed that we were leading by six. Yeah, I don't know. At some point, they started talking about who their favorite player in college basketball was. Oh, yeah. They They kept doing that, too, which I, I understand that a little bit more, but... Just the total lack of awareness of like what was actually going on in the game they were calling was was the most jarring to me. Yeah, but by the time they looked back at the action, Western Kentucky had gone on a seven point run to retake the lead, fifty three to fifty two with seven minutes left. And here's really where at least my frustration with the ref starts to boil over. The next five Western Kentucky possessions end in a hilltopper taking free throws, five straight. Uh, some of those foul calls were more right than others, but man, it was just really annoying. Yeah, and it was it was very one-sided the whole night, really. I mean, Western Kentucky shot 31 free throws in this game, which is a lot, especially given the, that the final score is in the 60s, I think, right? So, uh, I mean, that's a lot of freaking free throws in a game that's low scoring. And Tech only shot 16. So, I mean, that could be shot selection. It could be the defensive scheme we were playing. But I think it's also kind of, you know, one-sided officiating potentially played a role there. Ooh, ooh, spicy. I mean, five five trips in a row? I mean, come on. I mean, to be fair, their uh, Conference USA is not going to find you, so let it rip. Hey, fuck them. <laughs> and we're not even bleeping that anymore, so they know yeah. exactly what to think about them. Yeah, y'all just did it too much, and I was tired of – I had the, the bleep sound effect, and every time I had to go copy and paste that from the other file, and then I just started clipping that. It's just too much work. But, yeah, so <laughs> let's so be we're, we're not a family-friendly podcast, and we never try yeah. to be. But, yeah, so let's – jumping back into the game, though, 45 seconds left in the game. Western Kentucky adds a contested layup, and they retake the lead 64-63. to 63. Mm. Again, super close game. What's going to happen? Uh, Isaiah Crawford on Tech's subsequent possession makes a move, shakes a defender, puts up a shot, and it's denied by Bassey. Kind of a theme of the night and theme yeah. of both nights for these games. With yeah, he had seven blocks left. across the two nights. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Turns out the guy who's supposed to go in the first round of the NBA draft is pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then of course we had to foul and we fouled Western. They, they hit one of the two free throws, putting us down two, right? Yeah. Putting us down yes. two. And then Kobe Williams drove, tried to try to drive for a two pointer. Cause we had time, uh, 26 seconds left on the clock after that free throw, but there wasn't a path. And, you know, based on the fact that Charles Bassey was waiting for him and Charles Bassey's like eight inches taller than him, he, wisely decides to dish it out to Archibald who took a three, but missed it kind of, uh, if I remember correctly, it was a little strong, uh, bounced off the back of the rim and out. Yeah. So tech intentionally fouls again. And here's where things get kind of interesting for me because we've seen tech blow games or almost blow games because of foul shooting at the end. So Western Kentucky is up two with seven seconds left or eight seconds left, something like that. They make both these free throws. That's pretty yeah. much game. Dunzo. But they miss both of them. At least they, after missing the first, maybe the second was more or less intentional because then you have to drive down the court. But Tech had a timeout too, so that, that could have been called. But either way, Tech gets the offensive rebound. Seven seconds left. Archibald drives up court, gives it to Ledoux, who drives a bit, passes it back to Archibald, who puts up a three right before the buzzer. And at the buzzer, hits right of the iron at the backboard and yeah, out. that's the shot Tech I was describing loses. a second ago. Um, yeah. Pain. Yeah. That, that sucks, man. Cause I mean, I, I don't Pain. necessarily hate like you, conventional wisdom tells you go get the two and play for, you know, play for overtime. Cause they might foul you too. If you, if you're, you know, if you're lucky, cause they're going to try to defend the rim and not let you in. So your chances are probably better to tie up the game. Uh, if you go for the two and, and, go for the win in overtime. But with that being said, you know, playing against the conference favorites on the road in this weird back-to-back scenario, like I'm fine going for the jugular there. I don't know about you guys, but I'm fine going for the win. However, it was, uh, it was not triple A's night. So I don't necessarily love him taking the, taking the three pointer to end the game. Yeah. That was my problem with it, especially the second one. Cause at that point, Archibald was zero for four. From three-point land mm. and two, yeah. he just hit two of his nine. Two, two, two for shots 14, even. yeah, from, from the field. Uh, scored four points on the night. Uh, meanwhile, Caleb Ledoux was three for six from three-point, and even Pemberton was two for four. To me, I know you want to put the ball in the best player's hands, and Conkle believes that's Archibald, but at this point in the season, I really trust Ledoux, especially Pemberton, with how he's played the past couple yeah. of games. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Yeah, I mean, it... it it's hard to say because also that may not have been the plan. It may, the plan may have actually been to drive the rim uh, or to, you know, to go to the bucket and then it just wasn't there. So you just got to do what you got to do. But yeah, I'd love to see that in Ledoux's hands at the three point line um, and have maybe Kobe trying to drive it in. But yeah. yeah rewatching the play. Cause I've got it up on Facebook right now. Cause you can rewatch it. It looked pretty clear that it, w- it was a designed give to Archibald okay. to shoot the three. Okay. The buzzer. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate that that's what we're going for. And, of course, Archibald has has made, you know, late threes to win us games before. So, I don't know. You know, I, th- I think looking back on it, if, if he had made the shot and ended up with seven points on the night, we'd be hailing him as, you know, having a good game, even though he had a bad game, right? Uh, but yeah. if you make the buzzer-beating three to win the game, things are different. But I think my biggest takeaway from this game specifically was that we played, like, absolute crap 
and we lost by two points on the road to the conference favorites. Right. So yeah, I mean, we, we shot the basketball terribly. We, we let Bassie Bassie scored 24 points and had 17 rebounds. I mean, that's, that's a, that's, that's a first round NBA draft kind of night, right? Like that, that dude is good. And he displayed that and, and shot down Lofton. Right. You talked about Andrew Gordon a few minutes ago, but Gordon matched up much better against Bassey and Lofton Jr. just really wasn't able to do anything all night. Yeah, he had zero points, right? Yeah, missed two shots, and that was that was his only attempts. He also only played 16 minutes, and and uh, Gordon was out there for 20, but that was also because Gordon was having more success both offensively and defensively. Yeah, and Lofton Bassey. Lofton racked up fouls pretty fast too. I think so. He he wasn't on the floor as much as maybe Conkle wanted him to be, but he had four fouls in the game. And I, if I remember correctly, he was out for long stretches because of, you know, being in foul trouble early. So, and that's what a guy like Bassey will do to you, right? If you're letting him get in the lane. So, I mean, there were definite adjustments that needed to be made going into night two, but I think my biggest takeaway was like, wow, we played absolutely terribly and we still only lost by two points. And now Western didn't have a good night either. But, you know, just the fact that we can play pretty bad basketball and, and still be in a game at the very, very end, right, was kind of not a revelation, but like comforting in a way. Like, yeah, you know, we didn't lose by 20 to this Western team that was supposedly worlds better than us, according to the uh, Facebook announcers. So before we jump to the the better of the two games, in my opinion, uh, Josh, did you have any thoughts about this game? No, uh, we just, you know, we played flat and we played ugly and uh, that's what you get. But we still kept it close. So I guess there's hope here for this team. Yeah, and there was hope going into the Saturday night game because, again, we just lost by two. And on the road against a tough team, I really went into these two beginning of conference series. Is Okay, whatever. I'll stumble over that word in a few minutes in the future. But went into the conference thinking if we go two and two on the first two weekends, I'm very happy. And so I am very happy, even though we could have been four and oh realistically in these games yeah real close to four and now at this point yeah but tech was also real close to th- one and three because somehow tech didn't blow a 21 point lead and defeats western kentucky by five 63 to 58 yeah i mean were those sides of relief or of uh I, something else I, I mean did did any of us feel comfortable when we were up by 21 points in this game oh, i never I was like, we're gonna we're gonna be right back down to three points in like eighteen minutes. There's no way, no way this game doesn't end up close. I felt that way the whole time. It was weird too, because Tech will go on a ten nothing run or a ten three run or whatever all the time, because that's how basketball works. But at the beginning of the game, Tech was down three four and then went on a twenty nine to four run over the next five minutes. And yeah. it, it I think Western Kentucky called two timeouts during that period trying to get their team on base and things just kept working for the Bulldogs. So so just just to pause for a sec, five minutes, 29 to four run in five minutes when the night before we had a five minute run where we didn't score a goddamn point. Like that's insane. 29 points in five minutes. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's that's actually probably closer to, to 10 minutes if we had it all up, I think. But yeah, Tech only has three possessions during that run where they don't score points. I mean, they only touched the ball three times. Yeah. Uh, But included in that run, something that I was kind of mad about, especially knowing how close this game was at the end, uh, Jace Bass gets elbowed in the face, the tech player off the bench, and they kind of go to the review and look to see if it was a flagrant foul, but they ruled that it wasn't, even though the commentators, who had been historically very pro-Hilltopper, both (laughs) thought that it was probably a flagrant foul that was missed by the officials. Yeah. Not going to complain too much, though, because, again, we won this game, but it it was rough. 
Uh, but either way, Tech goes scoreless after being on that run on six straight possessions, and now they're only up 11. And they bounce back up a little going into halftime, but they're only up now 38-24. to 24. Uh, I mean, I would take a 14-point lead at halftime going into this game, but it's not quite as good as, was it like 25 or something like that they held at one point? But even at the half, Tech has a 78% chance of winning this game. Yeah, felt Gotta pretty feel good, good at halftime, but, but judging how, you know, how the other games we've lost after holding big leads at halftime. Uh, I wasn't confident we were going to win, but I, I felt good <laughs> about our chances. I'll say that way. Yeah. That uh, disbelief in tech actually holding on seemed to be kind of true because coming out of the locker room, tech was really cold, but Western <laughs> Kentucky found their groove. Uh, the Hilltoppers start the half on a 13 to two run. And by the 12 minute left mark, the lead is only now four with the score 46 to 42. Um, also, at this point, West Kentucky's hit all four of their three-pointers to start this half, and Tech has missed all four of theirs. Tech, just nothing was falling. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, from there, I mean, Tech, with about 10 minutes left, we were able to re-expand the lead up to seven, and that kind of stayed, you know, it was a little back and forth, but with five minutes to go, Tech was up 59 to 52, um, and we had an 86% chance to win in that moment. So uh, that things things are looking good, right? Yeah, but then we got to see Isaiah Crawford's name in the box score a bunch and not really in a good way. So here's how these three possessions kind of work in a row. He grabs a rebound. That's a good thing on the, def- on the defensive side of the court, but then turns it over, heading over to the offensive side of the court. Uh, the next possession, when the Tech has the ball back, he commits an offensive foul. So Western Kentucky gets the ball back again, and then he uh, fouls one of their shooters, Davion McKnight. So just a real bad stretch yeah. for Crawford over that period. And now after all that happened, Tech's lead is only three at 59 to 56 with three and a half minutes left. Um, but it does take two minutes for either team to score again, which was just, I'm not sure what the good metaphor to use here, but it's nerve wracking because the lead isn't being expanded by the same time you still yeah. up by three and you're just waiting for the Hilltoppers to start hitting their shots because you know eventually they'll go in. Yeah. Because after a steal and a transition layer, a transition layup by the guy I just mentioned a second ago, Davion McKnight, uh, the lead is now one. Oh, it's 59-58, one-point lead, 100 seconds to go. That's, uh, that's a lot of time. Yeah, a lot of time, especially in basketball where you have two or three timeouts each still. Uh, and Crawford fouls. tries to drive yeah. and fouls, and yeah. Uh, Crawford, again, is given his chance to redeem himself, but he puts up a shot that gets blocked pretty effortlessly by Charles Bassey. Uh, Western Kentucky calls timeout, then Jordan Rawls, uh, who they designed to play to give him a three-point shot. He's only a 28% three-point shooter on the year, actually as a career shooter, both this year and last year. He misses a three, but McKnight gets the offensive rebound, but also misses the putback. And Andrew Gordon comes down with a rebound, and Tech has the ball up by one, 26 seconds left. Uh, so yeah, that was a, this is an intense period of time <laughs> Yeah, where it still felt like tech was about to blow this game. Still feels like it, to be honest. <laughs> Are we sure it's over? Yeah. It, it, I mean, just like Friday night when the game was on the line, coach Conkle wanted the ball in Archibald's hands. Uh, so he gets the ball, he, he drives, but his shot was really kind of weird looking. I think he thought he was getting fouled. So he just tried to flail and put the ball up, but it, uh, they didn't call a foul. Uh, it hit off the front iron and bounced straight up in the air. Um, Bassey who had a pretty good night in this night, but not, not as good as night one, but, uh, he jumped up to grab the rebound, 
but kind of a weird play. Pemberton, I guess his hand was like in between Bassey's hands, and he just tapped the ball up before Bassey could grab it. Bassey could grab it, and it ends up bouncing off the backboard and into the hoop. And um, it kind of looked like both Bassey and Pemberton might be able to be called for goaltending because the ball might have still been on the rim when they both kind of went for it. Uh, but in any event, nothing was called, and Tech is up 60 down. to 58. Uh, it, was going down. Know, it, was, it, was, it was real close, but it was fine. Gravity had that ball. Hey, look, if Bassey had outside touched the first, cylinder, definitely goaltending. But if uh, if Pemberton touched it first, then no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, watching the replay before writing these notes, it was it was a it was almost like artistic looking at Pemberton reaching his hand up as Bassey's also going up to kind of tap the ball barely to get it in. Mm. It's it was beautiful. Uh, so Western Kentucky has the ball now down by three. They try to go for a quick two even though there's only 13 seconds left. Uh, Hollingsworth drives, misses, which you know we could have used some more of last year. And guess who gets the rebound in this game? Jacoby Pemberton, just the hero of this Saturday night game. Ledoux is desperation fouled, but he makes both his foul shots, and Tech knocks Western off their hill, winning 63-58. Yeah, I wrote my joke into the notes so y'all can have your booze prepared. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what a game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, it wasn't necessarily high level basketball from both teams for the entire game, but you know, this is the kind of conference that we're in where they're good teams. Like we were picked to finish seventh. And I think we've proved so far this year that, you know, uh, maybe seventh is still right. I guess we'll see how it plays out, but we're going to play against whoever it is that we're, that we're up against, you know, like Western was picked first and we, could have very easily beaten them in both of these games or lost both of these games. So, you know, it's just kind of a who's going to make the play at the end of the game. And Saturday night it was Tech, Friday night it was Western. So that that's just the nature of Blitz this conference. Blitz all the way, man. All the way Final Four? <laughs> all the way Natty? If we made it to the Final Four, I mean, I'm going Natty. Like, why not, right? Yeah. Let's, I don't know that anybody's going to beat Gonzaga this year, but – Basketball's weird, so dear basketball. Gonzaga's gonna get blown out in the second round by some team they have no business losing to. Yeah, you're right. You're you're absolutely right. Wisconsin Whitewater or something. God, what 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 a time. So what did you guys I mean, in this game, what are some of the individual performances that stood out? I know you said Jacoby Pemberton there at the end of the game, Nathan, but anything else stand out to you from this? Yeah. What I was kind of surprised by was Archibald's redemption in the second game. I don't think we really gave him enough love when talking about that game because he ends the night with 14 points, especially after coming off that game last, or I want to say last week, the night before where he only scored four. It's three for five from two point, two for three from three point, hit both his foul shots, uh, turned the ball over four times, which is unfortunate, but just played a much, much better game here. But then over the course of the whole weekend, Andrew Gordon, who I've always just wanted to see turn in, like turn the corner, it seems like he has these things that can make him a great basketball player, but he gets into foul trouble too easily. Or he he gets, I don't want to say lazy, but he gets, uh, he gets yeah, uh, some turned around he just playing some defense. He, doesn't have he just it. doesn't have it. Yeah. 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 I mean, because say lazy, he's doing much more effort than I am in his <laughs> podcast. Right. And he and Gordon just these two games. If he has this kind of level of both production and just being in the zone, 
this is a guy who can make Junior sit on the bench more often than he already is because of how good he's been playing, uh, especially against the best center in Conference USA and Charles Bassey. Uh, Bassey only scored 14 and added three rebounds in the second Thir- game. 13, compared to tw- 13 rebounds. So 13 I, rebounds. I, he still had a great night. He still had a high double-double. But, but yeah, in game one, Bassey had 24 points and 17 rebounds, and Gordon was able to just play against him more efficiently. As, as time progressed, I guess. And the Gordon yeah, also it, racked up 11 points of his own, driving against Bassey in the zone, in the right, paint. And, and yes, like exactly I said, too, point. I mean, Bassey wasn't the reason that we lost night one. Like, he scored 24 points, which is a lot of points, in a 66-point effort by Western Kentucky. Like, that's that's a third of their points, right? But he he wasn't the god on the floor that, that the announcers made him out to be because Tech was still able to score in the paint. Now, most of their paint scoring came when he was off the floor. I'll give you that. But it wasn't like we we completely changed our game plan because we were afraid or anything like that. Like when he was on the floor, we're still driving it and he has the blocks to show for it. He's a very, very good player. Don't get me wrong at all. But like if Tech were to see Western in the in the conference champ or in the conference uh tournament, if that happens this year, like I'm not I'm not afraid of Charles Bassey. I think Gordon can can play well enough to where he's not going to take over the game and make it impossible for us to win. Yeah, I, I do think had Bassey not played this year, Tech much, much more easily wins both of these games. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. But So, like, in that respect, it is kind of his fault that Tech lost the first one. But coming down to the end of it, it wasn't that he had the impact at the in the last minute that, that sealed the game for the Hilltoppers. Yeah. And Bassey was Ken Palm's MVP of both nights, even though they lost game two, so... I mean, you got the Nickelodeon award. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so I think that's about it for talking about games that have already happened. Let's jump forward and talk about some future games. To the future. And now we're welcome to the show, Taco Joe. Going on, everyone. I'm, I'm back. <laughs> oh, God. Who let him back? <laughs> yeah. Remember what happened last time I was on this show, punks? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I don't. Even I don't. About that. Damn it, Nathan, why did we invite him on? <laughs> oh, uh, maybe we're trying yeah. to break the curse. <laughs> yeah. I, we have to confront sh- our demons sh- somehow. <laughs> I, didn't yeah, I, don't, I don't know if you I don't know if you listened to our episode after that <laughs> game, uh, the football game, Joe, but basically we were up what twenty-six to thirteen, and I yeah. just my friend, I was visiting my friend that weekend. Um and I turned to him and I said, we're going to lose this fucking game. Like, there's no way we're not losing this game. Because <laughs> we yeah. had all the momentum. Yeah, we just started playing like crap. And it was like, yeah, and, and stop tackling Sincere McCormick. I mean, <laughs> and that's a bad idea, right? Yeah, I mean, no, for sure. We we just had one of those, like, classic 2020 UTSA third quarters against y'all where we just kind of played crazy good out of nowhere. And that carried us into the, into the rest of the game. I think we did that to UAB, though, so I'll, I'll take it. That's fair. Ours was more like end of third quarter. Also, my next question for you was, can you tell us how you feel about UAB real quick? Yeah, I get it. I get it now. (laughs) Right? Oh, man. Right? I mean, we told you. Uh, Those guys are the worst. And I thought UNT fans were bad. Because like there's because there's a couple of them that are like fun to talk smack with, and there's a couple of them that just say things you shouldn't say, and that but like for the most part, like by and large, they're fun to just talk back and forth with. UAB fans suck, and they're idiots too. <laughs> like they're dumb too. Because like God, I wish Ben Cagle was still around. Because like because like they're like from Alabama, so like they can't spell, and like <laughs> they're just dumb. Like oh man, 
and they're just like, oh, well, we'll look at the statistics. Like, okay, fine. Like, that's the rule. Whatever. The rule is the rule. The rule is stupid. Like, it's a bad rule. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for the, the same thing to happen in basketball because they didn't play North Texas <laughs> in their first week. Oh. So they're going to end up oh, with a better winning God. percentage somehow. Um, I'm, oh, God. Yeah. To, now that I've spoken that into existence. Thanks, Evan. Maybe that's like, this isn't, this is by no means me saying people are trying to catch COVID. I caught COVID. I had it. It's terrible. Get your vaccine, wear your masks, do the whole, you know what to do. Um, but like, maybe that's like their twisted game plan. It's like, <laughs> cancel a bunch of games early. So like, or, or late in terms of football. So like you have a better winning percentage and you only played like four games. Yeah. You got yeah. Ohio State to the championship. Like, yeah. Ohio State method. Yeah. We, we tried that, but unfortunately we lost a, you lost all the games. UTSA, <laughs> so we we it didn't work out. Yeah, um, yeah. We would have lost in the championship. We know this, right? We were not going to win. I that. mean, we, that we just, Marshall team just was pretty up. bad at, at the end. Of yeah, Rice kind of killed them. We are never going to win a conference championship. But, but then again, we were fact. also awful at the end of the season. So I don't know. I don't know who. Like, who would have been more bad in that game? It would have been a three to two game. <laughs> and I would have just like. Walking the traffic after that, <laughs> a, a one regardless one. of the outcome, all you scored the entire game was a safety. <laughs> God, <laughs> you oh, managed man. to score two points in a football game, which is like the hardest thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it's not even the easiest thing to score. Yeah, let's talk about a sport where scoring two points is a lot easier. Let's talk about basketball. Yeah. Is it for us? If is this it? game ends up three to two? I will be very surprised. <laughs> Either of these games yeah. ends up three to two. And while I look up how the lowest score in college basketball game ever played ended. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, so after Texas faced number 82 Marshall and number 93 Western Kentucky, you know, it'll be pretty nice to host number 196 UTSA. And I'm realizing I wrote these notes before I realized we'd have you Taco Joe on the show. So <laughs> maybe they're a little more mean-spirited than I would write them had I known you would be here. UTSA is the only team to get swept in the opening weekend of conference play, and they were swept by Rice. Well, I'm going to use what UNT's, uh, what the UNT six guy told me that um, this this whole back to back play is really unfair for us teams, and I'm just a big be a big old baby about it because if you lose a if you lose a basketball game, you should complain that the rules aren't fair, not that you lost a basketball. Ah, that's that, I think that's I think that's his credo. So I'm just going to adopt that for this specific scenario. Ah, uh, the old UAB losing to Tech in football. Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, okay. it's a scheduling thing. It wasn't our fault. We didn't lose. It was the scheduling mess. Right. The, or the refs screwed you over. Or, you know. Yeah, yeah. Spencer Brown actually did get in the end. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I mean, so you guys, you lost to Rice both games. Um, but then you did split with North Texas, who's actually pretty good, right? I mean, yeah, they're number sure. 107 in, uh, in Ken Palm. And those two games were at home, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Joe, after watching, you know, four conference games and I don't know how many out-of-conference y'all played, probably six, seven games, what do you think of this team so far? Well, I think this is a UTSA team that's trying to find its identity. Um, I'm a – I'm a, I've – UTSA basketball has been what we've been good at or what was – what we were good at when I was in college because I'm a graduate now, mind you. Uh, hey, <laughs> shout out. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations on that. Welcome to hell. Thank you, boys. It's terrible so far. <laughs> Yeah, the job market's great right now, right? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, it's great. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, we were good at basketball. And I remember my freshman and sophomore year, um, Giovanni De Nicolau kind of defined how the team operated. 
He was a pass-first, teamwork, game manager kind of guy. I always liked him to Mono Ginobili because that's like my favorite player of all time. Um, and he, he managed the game and we, we went, everything went through Gio and then he graduated and we didn't have like a true point guard and we didn't have a real, uh, court manager. We didn't really have a guy who was like the general on the court when Henson, like, you know, like on the court, we didn't, we haven't had like a true number one guy and Keaton kind of tried to play that role last year, but we never really got it going. You know what I mean? I joked at the end of last season that we should be thankful because we're one of the only high school ba- or college basketball uh, fan bases that knows exactly how their season ended because we lost to UAB in round one. <laughs> like the night, the, the night the tournament got canceled, we lost, and we know how that season ended. And we will, we will right. never have hope that that season was going to get better. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, we're over here like, man, we made it all the way to the Sweet Sixteen in my head. Come on. Yeah. yeah meanwhile, not only did we win, we were hot. We were going. Yeah. UNT yeah. celebrating a, a conference championship, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So like we we've been without an identity, and for the longest time, our identity was the three ball and playing really fast. But then last season, um, Javon kind of dried up mid season, and it just stopped falling. And our and it just things really weren't clicking last year. And I think this year it, we've kind of seen a lot of the same. For what it's worth, though, that you the sec both UNT games really because we played them really well. We held UNT to under like under 80 points both games, which like UNT is a darn good basketball team, and that's like an impressive thing to do. You know what I mean? Um, I actually went, yeah. I was at both of them, yeah. so I saw the team pretty much firsthand, and um, and our three balls were actually going in this time against a very good defensive UNT team. And when so basically, in my opinion, when Javon's hot, the whole team is good. When Keaton's hot, that usually means that Javon's not hot because there's there's a lot of chemistry stuff that needs to work in in tandem for that to go on. But like I said, the biggest problem is we just we're looking for an identity. We, we don't have a thing. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Is it due to the youth of the team? Is it due to I I just really think it's due to the youth of the team because our two stars are June are seniors. Javon and Keaton are seniors. Um, Adrian Rodriguez is a senior. Mo, like the guys who are like the the true identity of this team. There we do have a lot of age on this team. Yeah, Jacob Germany, the, our big seven foot. Um, what's those big trees in California? <laughs> sequoia redwood yeah he's, redwood. he's a sequoia tree and he's he's the he's a crazy crazy human specimen yeah he's a sophomore but like he's he is young but he's not the he's not the identity of the team you know what i mean like that's yeah. javon and keaton i just it's a matter of we just don't have the and then i don't want to say x factor because that's too easy but like two years ago our thing was fast offense three-point ball and now it's like give the ball to javon and hope he makes it i feel like that's a lot of what we play it's a lot of ISO to Javon, and it's just like that. You can't. That's not. Um. That's not like long term sustainable. If, if he's I'm rolling, not. it's great. But if he's not, then oh boy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm immediately kind of curious how your sequoia tree of Jacob Germany matches up against our. I'm not sure what kind of tree that Kenneth Lofton is, but I'm going <laughs> with cypress like in my head. Just because it's like you know, an, or an oak tree. It's not very tall, but it's it covers a lot of ground. <laughs> yeah, but it's solid. Like it doesn't it doesn't do yeah. much bad. But yeah. That's it's it's been frustrating because I know this team and I, I I got into it with the UNT guys. Like we're one of the most talented teams in the conference. I don't think the question is if we have talent. It's if we have chemistry and it's if we win ball games. That's what the questions are. Because this team has talent. Like Adrian Rodriguez is a good is a good defender when he's doing it. Jacob Germany can do crazy things in terms of jumping and alley oops and blocking when he's on. Eric Parrish is a fantastic new player that I'm really really happy we have. And Javon Jackson is has the potential to be the highest scoring player in college basketball history. You know what I mean? 
Like all of these things are there and it's like, we have the, and that's what's so frustrating about it. It just, I want to bang my head up against the wall sometimes. Yeah. And I will say, I mean, last year we played one, one game. Um, mm-hmm. And of course this year's scheduling stuff is, is all different, but Javon Jackson scored 37 points in that game. Yeah. And, and that was our, that was our worst, uh, our worst <laughs> conference game of the season. I think our worst loss, we lost to North Texas by one. Western Kentucky by 11, Marshall by four in overtime, Western Kentucky by four in overtime. So, yeah, that's uh, you guys beat us by 16. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, it was in San Antonio, but still, like, that's that's scary when somebody scores 37 points against you and he's still on your roster this year. So, for sure. And we played number 12, Crichton, and number 34, Indiana, and didn't lose that bad to either of those schools. That was even out of conference, the largest deficit. That's the like impact Javon has on this team. You know, it's yeah. like. He's he definitely is that dude, and he definitely is something that other teams need to worry about. It's just ah, you know what I mean. Yeah. it's just it's, it's frustrating of, to play that way though, because if, if he's only going to score ten points, well then you're not going to win a lot of games. Exactly, right? and you're like it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, yeah. Tech started that game with an eighty-five percent chance to win it too. Yikes! Uh. Uh, that's a uh, that's a good segue. What's Nathan? What what do the polls say about this game? You know what? Are, what are Tech's chances here at home um, in the back-to-backs? Yeah, again, this is kind of scary because these numbers are kind of similar. Ken, Ken Palm gives Tech a seventy-nine percent chance to win and predicts a final score of seventy-nine to seventy. Massey, I guess, a little more of a Roadrunner fan, seventy-eight percent chance to win with a final score prediction of seventy-eight to seventy. Higher scoring than last weekend's games for sure. Um, yeah, I think. I think y'all – oh, I was talking for us anyways. For us anyways, y'all's defense isn't as good as UNT's. And, like, UNT's a great basketball team. I don't think I don't think anyone's disputing that. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's easier to score on y'all than it is against UNT. Uh, that's probably fair. Yeah, probably. I, think, I, think, I think it's like a fair statement, right? <laughs> that wasn't me talking trash, I promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think, you know, with this season, there's a lot of weird stuff. And I think there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of splits, right? For and, sure. And you it's going to be – where can you? Yeah, everyone I'm ends saying, up nine and nine. I'm saying, except, except UAB ends up eight and eight, and somehow they, they win the they win the <laughs> the bid. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I think it's really this season's really going to be about who can sweep, right? Can, yeah, can somebody get three or four sweeps on this weird Friday night, Saturday night, or Friday afternoon, Saturday morning kind of kind of schedule, right? And so, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess. How do how do you feel, Joe, about how these two games might go? Do you do you see UTSA winning one of them or taking both of them, maybe, or or do you think Tech was, has a good chance to sweep here? If it was in town, I'd feel really good because we just play better at home. We play better at home because like our UTSA fans in the in the combo are historically like pretty crazy. Thanks to me, um, and like my, me and my friend, um, fair enough. And and also like shooting in the in the convo is a lot easier than shooting in most of these other places because like there's actually there's actually a study done on why UTSA on why it's like, easier to shoot basketballs at UTSA. It's because um if you if you've ever watched the game like on TV at the convo, there's a wall pretty much right behind both baskets, so the like depth perception is a lot easier to see. Okay, I'm shooting the ball right there. You know what I mean? At other places, huh. it's kind of open air behind the basket like there's there's not a wall directly behind it like, there's a wall straight up like five, like 10 feet behind the basket so it's easier to like look at that so like we do play better at home and there's also there's also the matter of like travel and stuff does like wear a team out like i won't lie there um if we were playing at home i'd feel a lot better but 
it's one of those things that if Javon and Keaton get hot in the first five minutes, I, I that's the thing is like if Javon and Keaton get hot and Jacob's doing his thing with the alley oops and we're and we're we're rotating the we're rotating the the uh, the skill players like to move in and out and try to get rebounds and stuff like that. There's no team I'm scared of in the country if Javon and Keaton are hot. It's just a matter of Javon and Keaton are hot. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, no, and that it's, that's terrifying because I mean, for for you and me both, like, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the guy if, the guy was hot last year and y'all beat us. That that was the worst loss we had all season. You know, yeah. uh, if, so if, if Javon gets 15 points and Keaton gets 10 in the first half, yeah, I'm feeling okay. And if if all of, if most of those come from the three ball, I'm feeling great. It's just a matter of if that happens. Right. Yeah, it's kind of interesting looking at the the Kempom numbers about all of this that. UTSA on the year is 270th in the country when it comes to three-point shooting percentage. And I, I guess that's a you-get-hot-you-get-cold kind of thing. Yeah. But is three-point play a huge part of their game in total, or is it just if this one guy gets hot, then you just want to shoot threes because he's hot? The three-point ball – the thing that I always say about UTSA is that every single player plays like a point guard. <laughs> like <laughs> all no. of all, – mm-hmm. except for Jacob Even the seven-footer? Except for Jacob Germany and okay. Kenneth Ford. <laughs> every single like player to see. on our team plays like a point guard. Uh, I don't, let me see if I can find his height. Luka, Luka Barisic, who is one of our centers. 6'10". The, he's, yeah, 6'10". He's a senior. He's from Croatia. He's this big, gigantic. Like, think of... Um, I always picture the uh, the blue the blue alien from uh, from Space Jam when I look at Luca like that's that's who he is, in that <laughs> and he'll pull up from three. And you know the crazy part? Sometimes he'll get hot and score fifteen points off the three ball tonight. And it's like you're you're a center. Like what are you doing? Like you have the body wow. of a you have the body of like a big man. Just stand under the hoop and pick up balls. But sometimes he'll just get to the corner and just light it up, light it up for twenty points. It's like okay, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, he wow. uh, he's attempted 24 three-pointers so far this year, and he actually leads the team in three-point shooting percentage. That's crazy. That's <laughs> insane. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's – yeah. All, like, everyone plays like a point guard. Everyone plays like a – because there's no – because there's no true – like, I, I always say, like, there's, a, there's not a Mono Ginobili or a Giovanni De Nicolau on the team whose job it is to facilitate. Everyone just gets the ball and shoots it. <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> I've said it a billion times, but I'm not. I'm not going to say the exact words. But every UTSA fan listening knows exactly what I'm saying. This is an incredibly important year for the history of our program. This this is a very very important season. All I'm going to say. Well, now I need to dive into this. Huh. Things things matter <laughs> this season for people. <laughs> I see. I see. Very cryptid. Yeah. I love I love UTSA basketball. I love the entire staff. This is a big year, and I think we all know that. Gotcha. That, I'm, gotcha. Not, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying this is a very big year. Gotcha. It's important. He's not saying anything. He's just saying it's a big year. It's a big year. It's a very important year. This is a seminal year in our program. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I follow. I follow. Okay. <laughs> so – Outside of the the two main guys that we know to look out for, you know, Jackson and um, Keaton. What what's Keaton's last name? Uh, Keaton Wallace. Keaton Wallace, uh, who, in my opinion, has our best chance to go pro in, in our team. FYI. Oh, interesting. Um, who who's who's like a maybe an off the beaten path player we should look out for in this game? Or Jordan Ivy think? Curry. Ivy Curry. Interesting. Ivy Curry. He's a he's a. His scoring, his scoring average is like five point eight points, but he also has like two point two rebounds, one assist per game, 
and he's he makes he makes a third of the baskets he shoots, and it's like he's just a very constant figure against UNT. He didn't he like they didn't he didn't have many points, but he was just a very constant presence in the game. You know, like he disrupted a lot. He was very he was good on defense. Like he was hard to score around, and he's also a freshman. So that's I'm I'm very excited to see how he he produces. And then the other one that I I'm really into uh, is uh, Eric Parrish. I like Eric Parrish a lot. Cedric Allard Jr. is very good. The guys we got in this year from like transfers and freshmen are the guys I'm really excited about. Because it's, cool. just, it's just something really fresh in the team that we that I haven't seen in a minute. But Ivy Curry's the guy to look out for. That's not Keaton and Javon. Yeah, and, and Tech fans may love him because his uh, free throw percentage is 53%, which is about what ours is as a team. Uh, so that's... <laughs> yikes. <laughs> that's, that's not quite that bad. We're shooting 65%. Yeah. Hooray! Hooray! 294th <laughs> so in the country. Better. Yeah. Perpetual problem. Uh, I, there, there was a... There's a quote from Eric Conkle today. He basically said, you know, these guys are hitting like 90 out of 100 of their free throws in practice. So it's like just a mental thing and and so somebody on the on the blue tech blue forums was like that just sounds like the coach is throwing his hands up and saying i don't know what the hell to do with these guys <laughs> <laughs> which is fair enough i mean yeah honestly yeah you're missing free throws I, that's I yeah it, it's like i said i just want to slam my head up against the wall a lot <laughs> and, me, and the, the my the, the guys i run with also want to slam their heads up against the wall a lot because <laughs> like i said we're so talented so what we'll do every week is we'll say, okay, the men will play two games and women will play two games. How many in total will Tech win? Or I guess in your case, how many in total will UTSA win? And kind of make a prediction of the number of games. You know what? I'm going to be a homer. You ready for this? Well, let's, let's talk about the, We're let's talk about the, women's, talk games about the women's games real quick. We're winning all They get a little more optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, the Texters faced number 204 Western Kentucky at the oh. TAC this past weekend, and just only split their series, mm. which is something that's been happening a lot in Coosa Play on both sides, in both men's and women's. Yeah, uh, Evan, can you tell me about that game? Or those games, I guess, because there's two of them? Yeah, they, they lost the Friday night game 61-55, to and, I mean, the reason for it was the rebounding numbers. They they just got dominated on the glass 49-38 to overall, and they gave up 21 offensive rebounds. I mean, both teams shot like crap. 33.3% for Western and 34.5% for Tech. But, I mean, 21 offensive rebounds. Tech ended up losing by six. Yeah, that that's what killed you there. Um, Bree Harris had 18 points off the bench, and Keanu Walker scored 13. So those were two good performances, but not enough. Um, in game two, Tech adjusted and only allowed eight offensive rebounds and, and narrowed that rebounding gap overall to just one from uh, 11 the night before. And Tech shot the ball a little bit better, so they won 58-52. to Keanu Walker, again, uh, put up 14 points, so uh, pretty good weekend for her. And the only other thing I'll note is that the bench, I mean, Bree Harris came off the bench in night one, so that was 18 points off the bench. But in night two, seven of the 58 points were from the bench. And those players are getting a lot of minutes. They're just not contributing um, a lot of offers again, you know, over over six shooting stuff like that. So that's going to be a problem moving forward, especially when we play some of the better teams in the conference. Um, but luckily, it looks like that's not happening this week. No shade intended, or maybe so. I don't know. What what you got, Nathan? Yeah. So this week, number one hundred and eighty-four Louisiana Tech Lady Texters will face number three hundred and twelve UTSA Ugh. or the Lady Roadrunners, right? <laughs> Just the Roadrunners. Oh, just, just the, the Roadrunners. Runners. Okay. 
Glad we got that straight. Yeah, UTSA so far this year is two and seven with the two wins coming over, I guess, in-state school for Louisiana, Northwestern State, and Saul Ross State, which is a school I never heard of, and I'm learning about a new school every week. Uh, They're probably best known for their dominance in both men's and women's radio in the 80s. This, of course, is the team that the UTSA women's team beat. They won three national titles in the 80s. Fun fact, rodeo is the state uh, sport of Texas. Yeah. I'm glad that an in-state school won it, I guess. But either way, jumping back to UTSA, the Texters have a 75% chance of winning these two games in San Antonio. Um, Based on what we've seen, that seems about right. But we've seen a lot of split series is... Series is series I series Siri there we go cereals uh this these past couple weeks yeah probably I don't know uh so yeah I I would hope that the textures go two now this week but there's been a lot of one and ones for a lot of teams that just seems most likely as as my my good friend Joshua Farrar said last week I'm predicting a split until they prove otherwise so (laughs) I'm a genius that's where I'm at yeah. That's where I'm at with the textures at this point. Um, until they prove that they can't, you know, that they won't play awful, I, I'm just gonna, you know, let it let it ride one and one. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree if we're lucky. So, what does that mean for men's and women's? How would you combine your? Um, or you like saying I said two earlier, and two? I, like I said earlier, I'm gonna be a homer and say four and zero. Oh, but but what seems more likely is two and two, which is a really boring thing to say. So maybe I'll say three and one and say maybe the women surprise everyone because they're playing at home, win both, who knows? Because it's CUSA basketball and there's no rules. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there's there's no constants, there's no absolutes. The only the only certainty is uncertainty, as I like to say. Yeah, and I will say the Texters definitely played bad badly enough on night two to lose to Western Kentucky both nights. They just they went on a run in the fourth quarter and ended up winning that game, but they were losing for most of that game, and I was pretty mad. So it Anyway, I'll go ahead and I'm going to say three and one. I'm going to say two men's victories. I think we're going to sweep at home. Uh, it's really hard to win in the tech. We're still in single digits in terms of conference losses uh, since we joined the conference. Uh, I'm going to go two wins for the men and uh, and splitsies for the texters. What do you think, Josh? Oh, I'm splits all the way, man. Come on. I'm, I'm riding this train until yeah. it hey. me otherwise. Two and two. When the, when the phrase is that good, you, like when the catchphrase is that good, you have to. I, I, I got to go down with this. I think that these series that we've seen at the beginning of the year being split a lot are more due to the coaches not understanding how to, to play these games. There's a lot of things to be figured wow. out early on. How Tech to play playing back-to-back games? What? Yeah, no. exactly. But we're getting practice for the future, I guess. <laughs> but it's not just Tech either. There's a bunch of these different programs, and I'm very happy being 2-2 two and two in conference right now playing the two toughest teams we'll play all year yeah. behind us. I think that we adjust well to figuring out how to play these back-to-back games, and I think that the men's teams and women's teams for Tech are better than UTSA's at this point in the season. So I'll be a homer on the other side and say 4-0. Bulldogs and Texters all the way. Spicy. Like a podcast predicts a split, huh? As a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I think it reads like that. So so one more thing I wanted to get, uh, get from you, Joe. Last time I asked you where to get tacos... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much San Antonio gets into barbecue like they do up here, but but give me your top three barbecue joints in San Antonio. If you know, putting you on the spot, oh, where, where would you spot. tell somebody to go? Um, well, there's a couple. There's a lot of really good places. Um, the best, but like always, the best thing to do is know a guy here in town. You know, okay. 
That's, okay. <laughs> that's the best one. I know Maddie Tailgates, one of the UTSA guys. He runs a side business and he does that. But B Daddies and Helotus is very, very good. Um, and then I know some of the best brisket in town is at that same Mexican restaurant I told you all about, uh, Garcia's. Okay. Very good brisket tacos there. Um, the thing is, though, is that um, Mexican food in San Antonio or barbecue in San Antonio is a lot like Mexican food in San Antonio. Most of the time, it's going to be pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's it, you're it's going to be hard to find a – it's not hard to find a bad best barbecue restaurant, but, like, a lot of the time, it'll be an 85 out of 100. You know what I mean? Right. All right. Yeah, I'm looking at this B-Daddy's, and, yeah. I, yeah. I, oh, uh, yeah. B-Daddy's B Daddy's is 100 out of 100 every single time. That man. that place is the truth. The spicy cream corn, oh, it's the best. Ooh. Hey, in two years when, when Tech plays in football – when tech comes back to San Antonio, uh, me and Josh, we're going to come down. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm hey, committing Josh right now. We'll I'm, I'm down. down. We'll, I'm game. we'll tailgate. We'll, uh, we'll eat some barbecue. We'll eat some tacos. We'll, we'll hang out. Heck yeah, brother. Did you want to do tweet of the week? So it's going to be a North Texas. It's going to be a, the UNT six post. Cause I hate that guy. And it's very fun to mess with him. So I'm going to yeah. use my relationship with y'all to mess with him. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Jay Araja, who's a writer for a Dave Campbell's Texas Football. I don't know if that name means anything to y'all in Louisiana, but that's like the Texas football source here in the state. He is. He's, he's, he's also a very good writer. He ranked us as number two um, going into next season as like his way too early power rankings in Texas behind only AM. and uh, and uh, UNT, right UNT6 said like UTSA being number two, two on this on this is the biggest joke of 2021 so far and me and me and my friends have just been giving, giving him hell about it because we curb stomped them when we played them my post where I was like someone's angry and I just posted the comment or just posted the score for him just to just to rub him the wrong way that would that would make my heart happy I sleep well at night knowing <laughs> we gotcha yeah Sweet. I can't wait. To, I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. We know he's, Petty on this podcast. He's going to be so mad. I'm looking through UNT6's post, and he said, Watek up 19. Now, of course, they'll choke. And we almost did. But that's for later in the show. So, yeah. or, 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 or earlier in the show. Yeah. Ugh. Because My time brain. is a construct. Uh, you just you just ruined the you just ruined the suspension of belief for the listeners. <laughs> If this you're a tech fan, you have to suspend a lot of beliefs a lot of the time. <laughs> but yeah, it's been so much fun to have you on the show, Taco Joe. I only yeah, refer boys. to you as Taco Joe because that is your legal name, as we established really last week. Legal name. That is your good oh, Christian name given it's to on you. My <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely, boys. Anytime. But that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G O T E C H P L S D N T D I E. Or head to our blog where there might be a post up this week. I don't know yet. I haven't written it. That's at gtpdd.dog. That's dot D-O-G. Greatest uh, name all the time. You can thank Matt for that. He's not even on the show. But until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Taco Joe. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. I- I'm spicy cream corn. <laughs> <laughs> and go tech. Go tech, please, please don't, don't die. Please die. No. Hey, please do. No. Please do. Bad. Bad Taco Joe, bad.
Yes, we're we're not a family friendly podcast, and we never try yeah. to be. <laughs> Apparently, Matt's mother in law listens though, so she's a so grown we can't woman. Talk about dildo lady, hear curse words. Yeah, she did get a rose, by the way. Dildo dildo lady is still there, as far as I know. Fascinating. 